in a world where some of the greatest motion pictures ever made are reaching their 30th anniversaries. One group of friends gathered together to pay tribute to these films. Pat Cantagallo. Dennis Matouche. Jeff Mazuka. Each week, we take a look back at one movie that is reaching that 30-year milestone. Whether you love seeing these films in the theater or enjoying them for the first time at home, we invite you to join us this year as we travel back in time to 1986. I am your host, John Reed, and you're listening to the 30-something Movie Podcast. And thank you for joining us on the 30-something movie podcast, episode number 88. It is the the Michael Irvin of episodes. The this this episode this episode, I can't talk today. Too much talking. Too much talking. Too much talking. You're just tired. I'm tired. I'm done. I'm it's out. A Patrick I'm done. Kane out. Of, Patrick Kane of episodes. Yes. Yes. Or or Michael Irvin. We'll go with Patrick Kane. Or Michael Irvin. Des Bryant. Do you want to no, let's fight? Not. You want to fight? No, I'm tired. I don't really want to. It's a long day. Let's, let's not it's fight. It's a three-day weekend. Let's we hold hands. Deal with the kid. Can we hug? Can we cuddle we could. a little? We, yeah, well, maybe. Maybe that's what we should do for episode number 100. Cuddle? The cuddling episode. Oh, that'd be awesome. It'll just be audio of all of us cuddling. Mm, nope. <laughs> Executive decision. We're not going to. Uh, sounds like a Chuck Norris movie. Executive decision. We are not going to have a cuddling episode. Just Fine. Doing that right now. Uh, but this is episode number 88. Whoever you want to dedicate this to, whatever 88 you want to dedicate this to, whether it's Miles Per Hour in a DeLorean, whether it's Patrick Kane, Michael Irvin, whoever your 88 is, uh, you can dedicate this episode to them. Um, but we are going to be talking about ruthless people this time around. Are we going to be ruthless? We'll try not to be. Okay. You're going to be kind? Well, I didn't say that either. Okay. All right. So we may be ruthless towards ruthless people, but we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Very quickly, we do want to, so we don't get any hate mail, although it would be maybe nice to get some mail because we don't get any email. I, I want to hear from the masses. Maybe it's broken. It could be broken. I'll check. Might be broken. We do get tweets. Do, do, you, do you get tweeted sometimes? I haven't gotten a good tweet in a long time. Really? No. You, well, you might want to see a doctor about that. I might. Okay. So... We, uh, if you want to email us, you can email us at 30podcast at gmail.com. But let me back up just a moment. Um, just so you are aware, we do spoil the events of movies we talk about. So if you haven't seen movies, go see some, uh, particularly this one maybe. But we may talk about other maybe movies. Not. Maybe not. Maybe not this one. <laughs> maybe, not, maybe skip this one. Listen for a little bit, and then you can, you'll be able to tell. Um, but we do spoil the events of the movies, so if you don't care, keep listening. If you do care, watch this movie first and then come back. Or, as Jeff said, maybe don't watch this movie and come back anyway. Uh, if you'd like to, please leave us a review on iTunes. We would love it if you left us a review on iTunes, mostly because um, we have Patrick and Dennis and Bo tied up in a basement somewhere. And if you don't leave us a review on iTunes, they may never come back to the podcast. They're all hoping to lose 20 pounds. They are hoping to lose 20 pounds. I think Pat in particular. He needs to. Pat's a, a large, large well, man. Well, if he just shaved some hair, he'd be... That's true. If Pat shaved his chest, that would be like 20 pounds right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So, uh, leave us an iTunes review or Pat will shave his chest. All right. Well, I am joined... That escalated quickly. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I, I feel just a tad strange. I'm uncomfortable. I'm a little queasy. Um, so, I am joined this time by my co-host. You may recognize the voice of Jeff, the bazooka... Mazuka. Hello. How's it going? It's been a while. It has been a while. Been, what are you up to? I've been busy. What are you doing? House stuff. Oh. I auditioned for a show, so I'll be doing that. You, so I'll be. You mentioned that. I'll, I'll be in and out a little bit uh, throughout the next couple months as time allows. That much, really? <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, what is the show? It's a show called My Way, which is a Frank Sinatra tribute show sort of do so it's, you, it's not do you sinatra. play old blue eyes uh, no no it's it's not a sinatra impersonation show oh, it's, man. it's more of a celebration of uh of his music nice so, yeah that'll be good all right that'll be fun. so if anybody wants to stalk jeff you can come see him in my way mm -hmm. we'll give you the address for that later on and we'll, we'll give you the website where you can uh, buy tickets and awesome I, I will sign autographs afterwards there you go so our three listeners in ireland and the two that are in russia come on over john jeff. john will pay for your airfare i will not Unless it's some other John somewhere. John uh, Stamos. 
Yes, we'll pay for your effort. Well, you know, he'll, he'll hear this as he mows his lawn. Right. John Stamos mowing his lawn. Thanks, John. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's a solid you've done our fans. So thank you. Um, all right. So before we get into Ruthless People, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about this because this just happened. So are you... Are you are you prepared? Like, I, are you? I I think I'm. Are you I'll, emotionally capable? Of? I think I will be able to talk about this. Okay. We are because I think course, I think we're on the same level of maybe like how I felt when, like Robin Williams and yeah, David yeah. Bowie and. So we're uh, we're referring to the recent passing of Mr. Gene Wilder, and uh, yeah, I it you know, it's one of those things where. Of course it's going to happen, but I guess I never realized how old he was. Um, so when when the news broke that he had passed away, I was like, oh, God, no, not Gene Wilder. But then I was like, well, he was, you know, 83, was it? Yeah. So, you know, I'm, you know, you look at his, at, at his library of movies he's been involved with and just, what a talent, you know? Like, what a phenomenal guy. Um, I've been trying to think of what are my favorite Gene Wilder performances. And I, I don't know if you can name one, let alone a handful, but mm-hmm. his collaborative works with Mel Brooks, I think, are by far some of the best comedic moments in all of oh, yeah. cinema history. Between uh, uh, Blazing Saddles and Young Frankenstein... Um, the producers, you know, he's he just, he understood comedy in a very subtle way. So he was able to just nail his timing with his delivery of things or, uh, either verbally or, uh, physically with the way he would, uh, act or, or react, you know, ma- make a face or just, I don't know, every time he, he was always on, he never, wasted the opportunity to be in front of the camera. So I, you know, it just, it got me thinking about other, uh, other actors in, uh, in that age bracket or older that, you know, I was like, I'm really going to have to start emotionally preparing myself for, you know, the eventual loss of the likes of Mel Brooks, mm-hmm. uh, who's, I think, what, 90, just over 90 maybe at this point, uh, Carl Reiner, Dick Van Dyke, you know, all these guys that are just tremendous talents and, uh, you know, hopefully will be with us for a very long time, but, you know, no one, no one knows for sure. But it just definitely, it's, it's the end of an era in Hollywood. Yeah, I was, I was kind of surprised that, of the, I mean, the number of movies of his that I haven't seen. And I, to be honest, I have not seen a lot of his movies. I probably, I probably have not seen more than four, three or four. With my favorite being one that you didn't even mention was Willy Wonka. Wonka. Yeah, and that's I, that's got to be. I mean, that's the one I've seen the most as well. But I, that's got to be my all-time favorite of his. Blazing Saddles, of course. Young Frankenstein, um, producers. But beyond that, I don't. I was looking at his IMDb page right now, and. I don't really think I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of these. In fact, I was surprised to see that he was that there was a version of the Little Prince from 1974. We just watched with the kids the um, animated one that just mm-hmm. came out on Netflix. That was really good. And I, now I'm seeing that there's one from '74, and he played the fox in the Little Prince. So, okay, well now I have another one I need to go back and find. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's just there's so many of these that I I'm looking at and thinking, okay, now that I it is a little bit like Robin Williams when he passed away. I had this intense urge to just go watch a whole bunch of Robin Williams movies. Right. And in fact, the day after he passed away, I I knew that um, Good Morning Vietnam was coming to Netflix within like a week or two. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, no, no, no. I, I got to jump on iTunes and rent this right now. I know I could wait a week and wait a couple weeks and save some money, but I, I want to watch this right now. Um, the same thing with some of his movies. I mean, I and I haven't watched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory in years. I haven't watched Blazing Saddles in a while. Watched Young Frankenstein just a few years ago. Um, but it just, it makes me want to go back and, and rewatch some of these and, and definitely some of the ones that I haven't seen up to this point. Um, oddly enough, I wanted at some point this year to do a, an episode of our podcast on 
um, the worst movies of 86. And um, as I was looking for the worst movies of 86, uh, he's in uh, Haunted Honeymoon. Mm-hmm. And I've never seen that, but I have that one. I, I grabbed a copy of it so I could watch that because that was one of the top three worst movies of 86. So You know, I think I may have seen parts of that. Okay. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. Yeah. But it's surprising that a movie that has the talent in it that it does would not do well. Right. Because you have Gene Wilder, you have Gilda Radner, mm-hmm. uh, Don DeLuise. Yep. You know, just tremendous talent. So I can't imagine... Unless it was just misunderstood or or, it might been, or yeah. misinterpreted, yeah. Um, you know, I, I made a follow up comment to the likes of uh, your episode on One Crazy Summer, mm-hmm. and drawing uh, out the the fact that all the other movies you were mentioning um, that were kind of zany comedies were more parodies. Yeah, you know, would would One Crazy Summer have worked better if it was either viewed through the eyes of being a parody or reworked to be a parody? And I wonder if Haunted Honeymoon was sort of the same sort of thing. Like, it, it was close to being maybe a parody of, mm-hmm. of, of rom-coms or something like that. Yeah. And just sort of missed its mark a little bit and just didn't do what it was supposed to do. Yeah. But the, you know, the, the talent in that is is pretty strong. I'm, I'm looking at the cast list right now. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Price in there. So, Yeah. The one that I always wanted to see that I never did is um, See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Okay. With him and uh, Richard Pryor. Oh, yeah, yeah. And one of them is blind and the other is deaf. Mm-hmm. And that's all I know about the movie. But just the fact that with that setup and those two actors, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's going to be a lot of fun. I like the uh, I like the the kind of plot summary that they've got on IMDb. Dave is deaf, Wally is blind. They witness a murder, but it was Dave who was looking at her and Wally who was listening. Okay, hooked. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'm in. Let's let's do it right now. Years. Um, That's eighty nine. So we'll get to that one in a few mm-hmm. years. And they did several together. You had Stir Crazy. Um, I, I've seen bits and pieces of Stir Crazy, but I haven't seen the whole thing. Um, you know, that's another, I remember that being a funny one from the, the scenes of it that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Kevin Spacey was in, uh, see no evil, hear no evil. Yeah. Okay. More reasons to go watch it now. But yeah, I mean, just every movie, even though I haven't seen many of his movies, every movie he was in, I, I can't think of a time where there was a performance where it seemed like he was just phoning it in. Or there wasn't a performance where he was off in some way. He's always funny. Like in, in all the movies I've seen of his, he's mm-hmm. always funny. Yeah. And I don't know that he's always trying to be funny. I think he just see like especially Willy Wonka. There are times where I don't think he's trying to be funny, but it's just like you said, like the way he the, his facial expression changes in some way, and it just it's hilarious. And there are times where I laugh at stuff in Willy Wonka that nobody else laughs at. And a lot of it is like how he responds. To yeah, I mean, he, he was such a great reactor to a lot of things that he would be acting against. That just elevates the scene or the movie that uh, that he's in. So it's it's been very it's been very sad to think about. Like I said, him passing, and you know, when you start thinking about you know who else in his age bracket that. We will lose sooner than later, you know. Just and hearing Mel uh, Mel Brooks talk about him, you know what it meant to him to work uh, as a collaborator was very special, very special for Hollywood, very special for their friendship. So I, I definitely need to. I realized I don't, I don't own any Gene Wilder movies. Really, I don't know how or why that happened. Yeah, but. I know I own, a, I own a copy correct. of Blazing Saddles. I, I need to correct this very soon. Yeah. So I was trying to think, like, what what Gene Wilder movies do I need to have in my library? Mm-hmm. And I kept coming back to you know, Blazing Saddles and Mel and uh, Young Frankenstein, the producers, you know, his Mel Brooks movies. So I was like, ah, I wonder if, if there's a collection. And, of course, there's a Mel Brooks collection um, but, you know, they're not all movies that I would feel I would need to own. So I'm trying to justify a way to 
get all nine movies in this collection, even though I'd only watch maybe four or five. Yeah. Yeah, I was looked. I was looking to see if there was anything, um, like on Netflix or anything like that, um, for Gene Wilder movies. And it looks like there may be. There's more on Amazon that you can get. Of course, they have a whole bunch on iTunes, um, but I didn't necessarily see. I didn't see a whole lot that were on Netflix. Um, Amazon had Blazing Saddles producers Bonnie and Clyde, Willy Wonka. Uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, Stir Crazy, um, The Little Prince. iTunes had a whole bunch of them, too. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a... Um, uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a dash to go out and, and try to decide which of these movies I need to own a copy of. And mm-hmm. I think definitely... I, I'm not sure. I need to double-check. I don't think I own a copy of Willy Wonka, which I'm really surprised. I mean, that's one of my favorite movies growing up as a kid. And... Um, I mentioned that to my dad last night. I was over at my folks' house for dinner, and we were talking about it. He's like, you don't own that? I'm like, no. Yeah. I think it scared me too much, that boat ride. Oh, man, that, and that is one of my favorite scenes, which it, I won't necessarily watch that with the kids right now, but John maybe, but not Nora. I, don't, mm-hmm. I think she'd be a little freaked out by that. That is one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, especially, you know, like we said, his reactions to the whole thing. And just it, you've got this Willy Wonka character who you are assuming he's this, you know, he's he's the playful candy man. He he, you know, he's supposed to brighten children's lives and make them happy. And that whole boat ride is just creepy it as is. heck. <laughs> it, it horribly creepy. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love about it is when and he's creepy. <laughs> but when when you look at when you find the right point of view to look at it, mm-hmm. and, and you start looking at the world from his point of view. From the character's point of view, brought to life so so well by Gene Wilder, that that movie takes on a whole level of innocence and and wonder that you know and you start thinking oh, that's what I want people to get out of life is mm-hmm. to look at it from a a, a a much different point of view than they're comfortable with mm-hmm. and really see what's out there to experience. We uh, there's a there's a little bit of Gene Wilder in our day-to-day with uh, Nora whenever we get out of the car, when we park somewhere and get out of the car. She's always sitting in her car seat doing something, and I'm like, okay, we got to go. Come on, come on, come on. And then finally when she gets out of her car seat, I, I kind of reach my hand out to you know, help her step out of the van, and I always say, come with me, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Now I've got her to start singing along with me. So Excellent. So if any if anybody sees a couple of freaks in a uh, parking lot getting out of a minivan, that would be me and my daughter um, singing. But um, it's not wrong. Uh, no, it's not. It's not. It's not okay. wrong. It's not wrong. I, I'm winning Father of the Year. Well, good for you. Just so I called it right now. So I'd like to thank the Academy. I don't know what Academy is giving me Father of the Year, but I'd like uh, to thank Academy the Academy of Fathers. The Academy of Fathers, of which I just started last week. No, good. Yeah, I was, and so it's you and who else? We'll have a. Tw- it's me. It, okay. Yeah. Well, then you're almost uh, almost a ringer for Father of the Year. Yeah. So I got it. I we have a Twitter. I'm going to set up a Twitter account. Then we'll be official. Because that's all you need. That and probably to get ordained somewhere online. I can find something for you. Okay, let's do it. I know a guy. Okay. Well, all right. All right. So, any other parting thoughts for Gene Wilder? No. Okay. No, not currently. He's, he's not a. I, I appreciate his movies and I like his movies and I like him a lot as an actor and, and as a comedian. I don't know if I want to call him a comedian, but as a comedic actor. Comedic actor. But uh, he's not on the same level for me as like a Robin Williams. Like that one, when Robin Williams died, like that was my. That was the one that hit me pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, this one, I, I'm sad about it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm affected by it, but it's it's just more of a, it's more of a. Oh, now I, I want to go see more of his movies. Whereas, and and maybe I'll feel that way later on. But every year since Robin Williams, you know, has passed away, when when he passed away, now on the anniversary of his death, I'm like, oh, it's the anniversary of when Robin Williams died, and and I always, you know, go watch one of a couple of his movies here and there. Mm-hmm. And, um, Eugene Wilder, not not quite on that level for me, but I still every of every one of his movies I've seen, I love. Yeah. All right. So if you have not seen some of Gene Wilder's movies, go go take a look at some of those. Um, Stir Crazy, I remember being a funny one. 
Um, and then, of course, there's Blazing Saddles, there's um, Young Frankenstein, there's Producers, there's Willy Wonka. If you want to, I, later, sometime before the end of the year, we are going to do an episode on the worst movies of 86, and one of those will be Haunted Honeymoon. So if you want to go take a look at that one, you can take a look at that one as well, and then come on back. Um, he had a TV show for Wilder. T- for Wilder. There we go. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Thank you. Well played. <laughs> that was totally unintentional. Um, he had a TV show for a while, and it was called Something Wilder. Did you ever see that? Mm-hmm. Okay. I didn't even know that he... Had that. Okay. I remember hearing about it at the time. I remember when it came out, it was like mid-90s. And I remember seeing maybe commercials for it. I think it only went maybe one season. Um, but I remember hearing about it and thinking, oh, the Willy Wonka guy's got a, you know, the Blazing Saddles Willy Wonka guy has a TV show. And I don't think I ever watched it. But um, I remember it was a short-lived TV show. And I'd, I'd be curious to go back and see it now, um, you know, since it was his vehicle. It was mainly his thing um but yeah then he just hasn't i don't he hasn't done much he he did some voice stuff uh for a kids tv show in 2015 but otherwise i don't think he's done nothing else shows up on imdb since 2002 2003 so yeah he just sort of quietly uh quietly went away Mm -hmm. all right well gene wilder thank you Wherever you are, thank you for your contribution, for making us laugh, and for totally creeping us out in uh, Willy Wonka. But it's, it's a good creep out. It is. It's a good creep out. All right. Shall we talk a little ruthless people? If are, we must. Are you feeling ruthless enough? Eh, I don't know. Okay. Well, here, I'll be Danny DeVito, and you can be Bette Midler. I, I don't know how I feel about that. Well, I'm going to try to kill you. Oh. <laughs> Why should today be any different from any other day? Well, it's it's Tuesday, folks. It's um, all right. So ruthless people came it's out. Tuesday or is it Wednesday? Since it's, it's being released on Wednesday, I don't even know what day it is. We had a long weekend, so I have no clue. For all I know, it's Sunday, and we shouldn't even be here. That would make me cry. I, I would cry. It would be the first time today either. <laughs> all right, <laughs> it's, it's been that kind of day. <laughs> Um, so the release date on this one is June 27th, 1986. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, June 27th, 1986. It was rated R for several obvious scenes and reasons. Uh, the directors on this one, now this is an interesting one because you don't often see a triumvirate of directors. Uh, Jim, a, a triumvirate. The hell is that? Three people working together, like in Rome when they had the three people. As, and Yeah. Making stuff up. I'm not making stuff up. I know words. I know words. You know very little. It's try. Three. Um. And I'm not sure. Verit. Um is I'm not sure. So three, I'm not sure. And verit means who's in charge. So three, but I'm not sure who's in charge. (laughs) There's three of them. That makes sense. (laughs) But I don't know who's in charge. (laughs) That's what the word means. So thank you. (laughs) Welcome once again to the 30-something educational podcast where, where you learn words. You will learn words by... I wonder if anybody in these other countries where... Because we can see where the people are from that listen to the show. I wonder if they use this podcast to learn English. Not anymore. I think they probably shut it down by now. Well, that's probably true. Don't use us to learn English. We're not good. We're not... We don't speak good. We're not good spoken. Nope. All righty. So directors on this one, there are three of them. Jim Abrahams, uh, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker. And those three uh, did the movie Airplane together. And then Jim Abrahams and David Zucker did uh, The Naked Gun, some of the Naked Gun movies, but especially the first one. Uh, Jim Abrahams also did Hot Shots and Hot Shots Part 2. Um, you could learn French on our podcast, though, because I just said two in French. Uh, croissant. Do we? Not here. No. Next door. Next, yeah, next door is the bathroom. Um, I will say really quickly, I had my family over this weekend, and we were kind of talking about when we moved over to England. And I remember the first time, because we had moved from Texas to England, and my mom and dad had bought us a book on how to learn French, because they knew we'd have to learn French Mm -hmm. in school. And I remember we were in a restaurant somewhere, and I vividly remember giggling and laughing about these French words that we thought sounded so funny, but it's because we were saying them in a Texas accent. And I remember, I remember saying things like, they, they call bread du pain. <laughs> Does it hurt to eat bread in France? And I remember laughing about that. And now it just makes me sound stupid. Yeah. Okay, moving on. Something's um, never changed. No, that's, that's not going to change. David Zucker also did Scary Movies 3 through 5. Jerry Zucker also did Ghost and First Night. 
The producer on this one was Michael Pazer. He did The Purple Rose of Cairo, Hackers, and Matilda. The writer on this one, this was his first movie, uh, was Dale Launer. He did Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, Love Potion Number 9, and My Cousin Vinny. Um, also, we will give some writing credit to, even though David Launer says this is not necessarily where he got it from, uh, we can add some writing credit in here to O. Henry, who died in 1910, uh, because a lot of people see this as being based on the short story, The Ransom of Red Chief. Have you ever read that story? I've not, but I'd, I'd heard about this. It is. It's a story in which these two criminals kidnap a child, and the child is so obnoxious that they want to try to give the child back to the father, and the father does not necessarily want the child back, so the criminals end up having to pay the father to take the child back. That's kind of awesome. So I, when I heard about it, it's been, I think I've read the story, but I want to go back and read it again after watching this movie and, and then hearing that it was kind of loosely based off of that idea. Uh, the music is by Michael Colombier, also French, I believe. Or I just sure. totally messed that up. I think he's French. We'll call him um, French. Colombier. Um, he died in 2004. He also did the music for The Golden Child, The Money Pit, The Stairs Are Out, Barbed Wire, and Man on Fire. Um, for this one, uh, we had Danny DeVito playing Sam Stone. He was in Taxi, Throw Mama from the Train, Twins, Batman Returns, LA Confidential, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We had Bette Midler playing Barbara Stone. She was in Down and Out in Beverly Hills, Beaches, and Hocus Pocus. I put a spell on you, Jeff. Is that what that feeling funny? Sure. Mm -hmm. That's a great movie. Do you, you ever seen Hocus Pocus? I have. It's not one of my favorites. I don't know if I want to say it's a great movie. But my wife it's loves kind, it. Yeah, it's kind of a fun movie. My, my wife really enjoys it. I, I bought it for her okay. last Halloween. Okay. So we'll, I, I'll watch it once a year with I find that it's more of, that I go to. I find that it's more of a favorite among women. Maybe that's that. maybe that's the thing. Okay. I can see that. All right. Uh, Judge Reinhold played Ken Kessler. He was in Beverly Hills. The Cop. Honorable. The Honorable Judge Reinhold. Sorry about that. Your Excellency, Judge Reinhold. Um, that may be more of a king. Yeah. Okay. He's not royal. He's not royal. Okay. Your Honor. My Honor? His Honor. His Honor. Okay. The Honorable Judge the Reinhold. The Honorable Judge Reinhold. Okay. All right. Um, related to Judge Judy. Are I, they? I think they're sisters. There's a common yeah. name there. Yeah. Um, it's a family resemblance. Uh, Ken Kessler, he was in Beverly Hills Cop, The Santa Claus, and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Helen Slater played Sandy Kessler, was in Supergirl, The Secret of My Success, and City Slickers. Anita Morris, who died in 1994, played Carol Dodsworth, uh, the mistress. She was in Absolute Beginners, Down and Out in Beverly Hills, and Radio Land Murders. Bill Pullman played Earl Lone Mott. Star. Lone Star and the president. And man, the he's president. I mean, he's all over the place. He's kind of he's come up in the world a little bit from a lowly criminal to Lone Star mm -hmm. to the president of the United States. Man, that's the American dream. Right we there. salute you, Bill Pullman. You know, in fact, Bill Pullman, step aside from the lawnmower for a minute. Hand it to somebody else and have them mow your lawn for you. You've earned it. You've earned it, Bill. You have yourself. Maybe we'll call you Bill. Mr. Pullman. Mr. Pullman. The Honorable. His Excellency, Bill Pullman. That'll work. Can we do Excellency for him? Yeah, okay. we was, will, he, we will he, make was the, him he was the president. Yeah. We're going to celebrate you this Independence Day. You know, we got to wait a year. Yeah, a little less. Whatever. He's, he's worth it. You're worth waiting Everyone a year. Everyone put it on your Pullman. calendars. You're worth waiting for, Bill Pullman. Going on. Moving on. <laughs> I, I don't know where to go after that. Okay, so William G. Schilling. I didn't say where Bill Pullman had, where we've seen him before. Spaceballs, Newsies, Sleepless in Seattle, and Independence Day. Although it should be obvious. Um, William G. Schilling was Chief Henry Benton. He was in Head of the Class in Space Jam. Uh, Art Evans played Lieutenant Bender. He was in Die Hard 2, Metro, Futurama and Friday Night. Bender? No, not Futurama Bender. Huh. And, and not um, Breakfast Club Bender either. There's a lot of Benders out there. There's more than you would think. Everybody seems to be going on a bender. Nah. That didn't work. Going on. Yeah, moving on. Okay. And then Clarence Felder played Lieutenant Walters. He was in The Last Boy Scout, The Hidden, Nightmare on Elm Street 5. Rotten Tomatoes. The critics gave this one a 94%. The audience... Yeah. Let me reread that for you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, I might have misheard this thing happened okay. to somebody. You're, you're not I, dyslexic. <laughs> you're not dyslexic. It, it was a 94%. Not a 49, 94. Really? The critics gave this a 94%. Uh, the audience gave it a 71%. Uh, CinemaScore gave this an A-. Hmm. Believe it. 
I think I'm just going to pack up and go here. Believe the hype. Um, no? Well, if this helps, Ebert gave it three and a half stars and said, Ruthless People is made out of good performances, a script of diabolical ingenuity, and a whole lot of silliness. Siskel gave it also three and a half stars and said, Ruthless People contains some of the biggest laughs of 1986. Doesn't say much for 1986. There you go. Uh, there were some awards for this one. It was nominated for a Golden Globe. Um, it won an American Comedy Award. Uh, Bette Midler won. Danny Vito was nominated. Uh, the casting director was nominated for the Casting Society of America Award. Um, but, yeah, other than that, there are not a whole lot of other awards for this one. Uh, so the summary for this one is that we have Sam Stone, who wants to basically kill his wife and tries to hire people to kill her, but through a whole series of people getting confused about all kinds of different things and videotapes being sent to people, the wrong people, and the stuff and the things and... And then there's the Kesslers with his honorable Judge Reinhold, um, who are not quite as ruthless as they pretend to be. Let's listen to this trailer, and then we'll be back in just a moment. Meet Mr. Stone. He wanted to kill Mrs. Stone. My only regret, Carol, is that the plan isn't more violent. Until something wonderful happened. Mr. Stone, we have kidnapped your wife. Imagine someone demanding money from me to keep Barbara alive! Idiots! Now he's doing everything inhumanly possible so she'll never come back. Don't you consider throwing a body off a cliff in the dead of night violent? Nah, she'll be unconscious. He's going to pay. He's going to pay. Bad chance! I'm gonna drop the price to $10,000. I'm being marked down? That woman ain't coming back. Ruthless People, starring Danny DeVito. I hate the way she licks stamps. I hate her furniture. And I hate that little sound she makes when she sleeps. <laughs> Judge Reinhold. They said they wouldn't follow me. You can't trust the police. Helen Slater. No matter what I do, or as nice as I can be, she, she just tears into me. She hates me. Sandy, you're her kidnapper. She's supposed to hate you. And Bette Midler as Barbara Stone. It's not her. You miserable, dumb-sucking thing! Oh, honey, I'm so sorry. They made me say that. Along with the most ruthless cast of characters ever assembled. Ah! Spineless Complete moron. You inhuman slime! Perhaps we should shoot him. My husband worships the ground I walk on. When he hears about this, he will explode! Ruthless people. I dare you to kill her. Now that ought to do it. So, this might kind of sum up feelings about the film. Um, yeah, some of the background I have on this, Bette Midler said that Danny DeVito called her twice after the premiere of the film, um, once to congratulate her, and then about half an hour later, um, he called her in which they kind of complained or, or broke down into this nervous wreck over how terrible the movie was. And they thought their careers were over. And then the film went on to be like a very successful movie. So, at the time, even the two primary actors for this movie thought it was a total disaster, and that it was successful. What do you think about that? I've, uh, apparently I don't understand the Hollywood machine. <laughs> that's, that's my takeaway. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. My biggest question with this movie was, who was the intended audience? Mm -hmm. Oh, you know what I forgot to read? I forgot to read the budget and the box office for this oh, one. Oh, yes, please. The budget was $9 million. The box office was $71.6 million. What the hell? <laughs> it's, it made a lot of money. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, again, I, I don't know who, like even bad movies, you can at least figure out 
who Hollywood was targeting. Like, mm-hmm. who, who are they making the movie for? Where, mm-hmm. You know, what were they? What demographic were they going after? I don't know who they're going after in this movie, and I don't think it has a widespread appeal that they don't have to focus on one specific demographic. It wasn't a great movie. A couple things that I read said that the. The writer for this one was was trying to go for a, a criticism, staying within the bounds of comedy, was trying to go for a criticism of the nouveau riche in Los Angeles at the time. So nouveau riche, for those not aware of the term, being someone who has newly acquired a lot of money, but they don't necessarily have the, the upbringing or the character to go with it. They're kind of slimy, scummy people. They're kind ruthless people. Let's call like, them ruthless uh, people. Fighter pilots? Have you sure. heard that term before? No. Fighter pilot is uh, a term for someone who's recently just come into a lot of money. Okay. I have not heard that one. Nah, that was It was new to me when well, I learned it. Now I've learned something. There you go. You're welcome, folks. We are educational. We try to be. So you've learned French. You might be learning some English, and now you learn slang. You, you forget Urban Dictionary. You don't need them. Nope. You just, you Who just are they? Jeff and I are more urban than Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Going on. I think I bought some socks from Urban Outfitters one time. That makes you slightly. I'm urban. Socky. It it gave me street cred. It gave you. That's not true. Foot I, just, I paid with a credit card. Well, which I well. thought urban credit street cred. I no. So okay. going on. Anyway, ruthless people. Ruthless people. The, uh, yeah. the shameless plug, where uh, his honorable judge Reinhold says we need to be ruthless mm-hmm. while showing the title or the cover of People magazine. Mm-hmm. That I, I, that was a point where I was just like, oh, this is going to be a long ride. Mm-hmm. Well, and some of that stuff, like there were times where you had gags like that. And when I realized that it was the same three people that made Airplane, then I'm like, okay, cool, that fits. But the rest of the movie didn't have a vibe like Airplane. The rest no, of the movie didn't. was almost trying to be, even though a lot of people have said it's a silly movie, and it is a silly movie, but the rest of the movie silly, seemed like it was trying silly to be. premise. Right. Not a silly movie. Right. Airplane is a silly movie. Airplane's a silly movie. Right. This was never silly. Right. That was what I was trying to say is this was not silly. It it still kept trying to be couched in the real world. And, you know, you couldn't I you couldn't see fantastical things happening in right. this movie. Well, with something like Airplane, it's almost more of um, almost like sketch comedy. Right. Where each scene is just its own Where little Where you've got a bunch of one-liners sketch. and gags and little sketches. And then they put all these sketches together that all happen to have to do with being on an airplane. But with this, it, and trying to be more of a cohesive story, I don't, it just it, it didn't work. At least not in a point where the story was interesting. A couple <laughs> things that were interesting about this one. Um, originally, Madonna was supposed to play um, Barbara uh, Stone. So Bette Midler's part was originally supposed to be played by Madonna. And supposedly, it, what I read was that it was artistic differences with the directors. Another thing that I read was she didn't want to put on the fat suit that she would need to wear at the beginning. You know, because Barbara goes through the whole thing where she yeah. does the exercise and loses the weight. And Madonna didn't want to put on a fat suit. So I guess that was kind of the reason why she didn't continue with it. So, well, they each their own. Yeah. Uh, so originally it was supposed to be Madonna. And another thing that I read was this was one of the first movies um, that was released through uh, Touchstone Pictures, which for those who don't know is was owned by Disney. And it was their way to try to release more adult-oriented movies because um, they didn't want the Disney label being associated with movies that had nudity and sex and drugs and language and alcohol and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, I can see that. So, um, and this was um, actually they released a whole bunch with Bette Midler, uh, kind of right off the bat with Touchstone Pictures. They had um, Big Business in '88, Ruthless People in '86, Outrageous Fortune in '87, and Down and Out in Beverly Hills in '86. So they had quite a little run with her there for a while. Um, this was the, I believe, from what I could find, this is the final film directed by the uh, Triumvirate of directors, now that we know that word. You have to use the word a few times before it becomes part of your vocabulary, so I'm probably going to say it like 20 more times. Okay. Triumvirate. Triumvirate. That's going to be a boring podcast if I just keep repeating that over and over again. Moving on. Moving on. 
We're doing a lot of moving on today. We are. I feel like we're moving. And yet here we are. We're movers, movers and shakers. Sometimes a little more shaking than moving. That's because, well, fat guys have more to shake. That's right. All right. Um, Earl Mott, played by Bill Pullman, uh, named his fish Crockett and Tubbs. I did pick that one up, the uh, characters from Miami Miami Vice. Um, And then there were quite a few since Touchstone was owned by Disney. Uh, If you notice, there were a few things in here that kind of uh, little nods to Disney. They had the duck masks, and I think um, Barbara even says at some point, oh, my God, I've been kidnapped by Huey and Dewey. Uh, and then later on, Sam is going over to his mistress's house, and he is singing zippity doo um, from the Song of the South movie. And I think there's a couple of other little little nods here and there to Disney. Um, but that's kind of it in terms of background stuff that I've got on this one. Did I, oh, I think I said this might have been the first picture that Bill Pullman was in um, before going on to do Spaceballs and all mm-hmm. of the other Great movies that he's done. The Honorable Bill Pullman. His Excellency. His Excellency. Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman. Sorry. Sorry, Bill. Sorry, King Bill. Um, King William. King William. There we go. William the Conqueror, we will call him. Because that's what he was in Independence Day. It's true. That's true. All right. So, yeah, I'm not quite sure. To, to follow up your initial comment on this, I don't know who the audience is. Like, if it's a critique of the nouveau riche, is this... I was saying that nouveau people that fall into that category of being part of the nouveau riche go crazy and decide to kill? I guess. Like, that's that well, would be the commentary I, there. Men that. get the urge sometimes. It happens every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's just, I just... You know, if they want to say that this is a commentary of, of that classification of people, okay, then what are you saying about them? Mm-hmm. They don't know how to handle the fact that they've come into money or turns right. money turns people into greedy bastards and can be... Which then what's going to happen to the Kesslers, the couple who kidnaps his wife because they're going to come into a whole bunch of money? It's true. Will they also become jerks? Ruthless? Ruthless people, maybe? Why are you holding the People magazine? I don't know. I felt like I should have said that, and it's not working on an audio podcast. Yeah. Okay. Um, One thing that kind of surprised me, I think I mentioned this to you earlier, one thing that surprised me was Helen Slater. I almost didn't recognize her in this movie. I know her from several different things that I've seen. She's been in, she was the original Supergirl in the Supergirl movie, and you said you remembered her from City Slickers Slickers, more so. But then she's also, as an older actress, she's been in Smallville. She's been in the Supergirl TV show as, you know, smaller parts in those, but I kind of, I don't know, maybe it was, it was her haircut, I don't know what it was, but I kept, when I saw her originally, I'm like, yeah, she seems like somebody I should recognize, but I don't. And then finally, when I looked at IMDb, I'm like, oh, okay, I absolutely know who that is, but for some reason I couldn't, I don't know, I don't know if it was that she was just dressed a little more homely in this movie, so between the hairstyle and the not wearing a Supergirl costume. Maybe that was it. It's a good costume. See, the whole thing with the glasses works. People think that the whole Clark Kent thing would never work, but if you just put on glasses... <laughs> I am here to tell you that mm-hmm. it indeed works. It absolutely does. It does, because there were times where I would work at a store, and I would have to wear the uniform of the store that I was working in, and people who knew me would come into the store, I would help them find something that they were looking for, and they did not remember that it was me. So for people who say that the Clark Kent disguise is stupid, I say nay, nay. You tell them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know quite where that 94% comes from for the critics. Yeah, apparently they saw something that the rest of us didn't. I, I, wanna go, I almost want to go back to, let me go back here real quick. I, I almost want to go to like Rotten Tomatoes or Metacritic or one of those, and, and I want to look it up. And I want to see some of these and, and figure out like why critics liked it so much. Because it does. I mean, there are parts. There are parts that are funny, and the mm-hmm. premise is kind of funny. The whole idea of the mistaken, you know, the kidnappers and the who got what videotape and the who's robbing from who and and that stuff is funny. But there's so much in between all that stuff that I just didn't find funny. Yeah. I would agree with that. And I look back at some of these movies that we've talked about, and I'm like, maybe 
my feeling for some of these movies has changed because I watched this as a kid and loved it, and now I'm an adult, so I have different sensibilities. But this was a movie made for adults. I didn't watch this back in the 80s. This is the first time I've ever seen it. It's a movie made for adults. It's supposed to have adult humor. It's a dark comedy, so I, f- I feel like I would, you know, it's usually the type of thing I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. But I look at this and I'm like, I don't, I don't really know that I find it all that funny. And I like Danny DeVito. I'm not a huge Bette Midler fan. I like Danny DeVito. I like his the Honorable Judge Reinhold. Um, I like some of the different people in this movie, but I just I, for something it just doesn't click for me in terms of the humor. I think Bette Midler is a very strong comedic actress, and I've seen her in some other things where she's been very entertaining. Uh, she had her own TV show for a while, mm-hmm. yeah, which was kind of reminiscent of I Love Lucy, yeah. Um, so she can be very enter- like they they can all be very entertaining. There's just something about the combination of all of them in this movie. <clears throat> so maybe it's just this movie. It, it it's not a great. It's not or not well executed because the premise isn't bad, right? Um, the 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 execution of it it just for me didn't work, and I just I don't understand the appeal. Um, to where it would get that many, you, you know, that high of a score. Do on you the want more theater. proof that we're totally wrong? May I tempt you with more proof that we're totally wrong? I went to on Rotten Tomatoes, yes. on Rotten Tom- and again, Rotten Tomatoes is not the end all be all. We just use that as one measure. It's it gets a ninety four percent with critics. If you switch it over, they have the option to switch it over to top critics. Some of the more prestigious or, or well-known critics. When you switch it over to top critics, it gets 100%. Yes. Disgusted face that Jeff just made. <laughs> All right, let me read you some of these real quick. Um, hmm. Some of these from the top critics uh, say, uh, this is Michael Wilmington from the Los Angeles Times, the characters here aren't just bad, most of them are truly vile, human slime. And the filmmakers chew them up, especially two nefarious bonbons played by Danny DeVito and Bette Midler with the toothsome glee of jolly cannibals. I do agree with this one. This Jay Boyer from the Orlando... I can't say the word Orlando today. From the Orlando Sentinel. Much of the fun of this comedy is in watching what happens as virtually everyone in the movie tries to double-cross or otherwise take advantage of everyone else. I'll agree with that. Those are the funny parts to me. The funny parts to me are when they're all trying to double-cross each other, and that gets all mixed up. And, and to me, that's funny. But I didn't have a lot of moments of, like, laugh-out-loud funny. They were moments of, ha okay, yeah, that that didn't work because of the thing here, and the, they tried to do this, and the, the. So it was more of like a chuckle. It was like a smile, and it was a, oh, yeah, that's I can see where the writers are, you know, trying to cross these paths and, and do all this. But no actual, like, laugh-out-loud moments. Did you ever see Who's Harry Crumb? No. John Candy? Mm-mm. Same type but of premise. But you just said John Candy, so now I want to go see it. It's the same type of premise where it's it's a bunch of... It mixes the two best things, John and Candy. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it, it takes a simple, like, one idea, and then it just gets misconstrued the more people get involved and more people are trying to double-cross the double-crossers and what have you. Um, that's, that's what it made me think of. And that movie wasn't executed all that well either. Okay. It just lent itself to start getting confusing and sort of like, okay, now it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so Ruthless People didn't go that far with it uh, to where it got to the point where it was just like, wait, who is working with who for what purpose now? Um, you know, I, I think that some of it was too forced and ruthless people, the uh, the mistress and Bo- and Bill Pullman, who were trying to then videotape mm-hmm. Danny DeVito throwing his wife off a cliff, mm-hmm. you know that was kind of out there. And then the fact that all they got on the videotape was coincidentally the police chief, <laughs> the police chief having sex with somebody, mm-hmm. um, and unbeknownst. They send that tape to the police chief, and it becomes a misunderstanding, and he's afraid of getting blackmailed for that. They think they're blackmailing 
Danny DeVito for murder. Mm-hmm. I could just the premise just grew out of control at mm-hmm. that point when they tried to include the that mi- part. The of mistress it. stuff was almost too much. Like I would have been fine if it was just Danny DeVito trying to, you know, trying to th- sell his story to the police and trying to find ways to negotiate with the kidnappers, you mm-hmm. know, to you know, kill his wife. And then the kidnappers dealing with the fact that they don't really want to kill her and they actually kind of start to get along with her at the end and all that. That to me would have been fine. Like leave that. But then I think you're right. I think those are the parts that to me, I almost wanted to start fast forwarding through. I, Bill yeah. Pullman's character was funny. I liked the kind of dumb criminal character, but I don't know, just the parts with Danny DeVito's mistress. I, I found myself in those parts kind of being like, all right, okay, well, when do we, when do we get back to Judge Reinhold? He's funny. Because I, I, I didn't get the sense that he was that he wanted to kill Bette Midler for the sake of being able to run away with his mistress. Right. I got the sense he wanted to do it just because it meant that he would get a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So the whole mistress thing was just sort of annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't do anything to really make that connection viable or believable, really. So then, you know, if they played that... If they if they had played that angle of it up a little bit, and then the mid- mistress being like, "Oh, he never really cared about me either," so I'm going to take what he told me, and I'm going to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. You know, that may have worked a little bit better, but it like you know, it just it seemed just there, and like you said, just kind of like you just want to fast forward through the moments that it's there because you're getting nothing, you're just getting nothing out of it. There's another review on here that I think kind of goes to one of the reasons why I don't care as much for this movie as opposed to the other ones these guys have made. Um, it's an audience review on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Without all the madness of Airplane, The Naked Gun, or Top Secret, the trio, or may we call them a triumvirate? If you must. I must. Jim Abrahams, David, and Jerry Zucker made a terrific intelligent comedy with the misunderstandings between the characters, the complex plot, and a funny cast. And then they go on to say a few more things. But I think that's what, when I knew, and it was I was already into watching the movie, but when I discovered that these were the guys that made Airplane and Naked Gun, those, I enjoy those movies a lot more. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that that's what this was missing, is that while, it, while I think the attempt was to make it an intelligent comedy, I, just, I think it made it less funny. Like, I wanted to see some zany stuff. I expected to see more gags like The People magazine and him saying ruthless while he's holding people. Yeah, and... It's like they were it, trying... It felt to, like it should have been airplane, They were trying but, to deliberately avoid right, those moments. Right. And that's where and it kind of fell flat for In that case, me. I just, you have the wrong people in charge. Mm-hmm. And the ending too. I we'll talk about the ending for a second. We can maybe we can well we can maybe kind of wrap up with the ending. How about we do that? We could do unless that. you want to wrap up with the beginning. Well, you know, I, I I'm good to wrap with anything. I mean, okay, we've been listening to Hamilton, so that's I'm, true. And now I just started thinking of like a buffalo chicken wrap. Oh man, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's a trap. <laughs> Have a frap. There we go. That's a baseball bat. Um, yeah. So the ending. Um, for a movie called Ruthless People, it's not a very ruthless ending. No, it's more. I, I kind of if it's a movie about killing and plots, and that's the. I wanted to see her get more revenge rather than just kick him in the crotch and throw him over the pier. Well, so ruthless people—people people implying more than mm-hmm. one person—who are they saying was ruthless? Well, the I think kidnappers. That's, that's part of the irony because the kidnappers are not ruthless. If the kidnappers aren't ruthless... And the mistress and the criminal are not even ruthless. They're just stupid. Or if they were supposed to be ruthless, then Mm -hmm. why are they winning? Right. The only one that should have won in the end would have been Bette Midler. Right. So there aren't even ruthless people in this movie. No. You have Danny DeVito, who I think is really the only ruthless person Mm -hmm. in the movie. But can you call it a ruthless person? A lot of pressure for one person. It's a lot. To carry the ruthless. Right. Danny DeVito's not a big guy. He's no, but you know, broad-shouldered, yeah. so he, well, he might be able to carry most of the ruthless. Mm-hmm. But anyway. as the New York streets get colder, he shoulders all these burdens. Every burden, every disadvantage, he's learned to manage. There you go. Anyway, Don't have a gun to brandish. He walks the streets, famished. The plan was 
ban the spark into a flame. Anyway, there you go. I could go on. <laughs> yes, we could. But I won't. Um, the people will have to wait for it. <laughs> uh, one last time. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I just... I, this podcast nonstop. I know. All right, now, as soon as we're done, I'm going to have to start listening to that. <laughs> Thank you. Curse you. You're welcome. Curse you. Yes. There is... I, the King George songs are my favorite. It's a small tangent. The King George songs are my favorite. If we're talking to I Hamilton, love those. it's not going to be a small and, tangent. No, it's not going to be. Um, you know why they're also my favorite? Why? Why, because, John? Because it's a triumvirate of King George songs. Oh, man. Did you see what I did there? I see what you did yeah. there. Way to Hamilton stick just, your triumvirate right hey, in there. That, you know. So, kids, you're learning all about Latin and Greek roots today. Congratulations. Thank you for joining us. This so, is kind of, I feel like Ruthless this is. Hamilton. I, yeah, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a good one. Um, I kind of feel like this is when you're watching a Cubs game. We live in Chicago, so we're all Cubs fans. Even Dennis. Dennis loves the Cubs. Um, I feel like this is when you're watching a Cubs game, and the game is pretty much done at this point. Like, you know, not this year, but when the Cubs would be losing 12 to nothing. And then the commentators go on and start talking about movies that they like and, mm -hmm. you know, what did they do last weekend. I kind of feel like that's where we're at with yeah, Ruthless, ruthless you know, People. We, we like, kinda, we've, we've we had kinda, a lot of tangents. We kind of talked about Ruthless People as much as we could stomach. Yeah. It's not, we'll, we'll, we'll end it by saying it wasn't ruthless enough. It was not. I wanted the ending to be a little bit. I it was wanted, a very safe ruthless. It was. And I wanted, especially after she did all that working out, was that working out just to lose weight? I wanted that working out to be like, she came out with like, you know, prison muscles. And she was ready, like she could actually pick him up and throw him off the pier at the end. Or do totally horrible things to him for what he had put her through. I wanted that. I wanted the exercise to to come out to mean more to than mean just something. she had lost twenty pounds. Yeah. Maybe I should get kidnapped. I can call a guy. I could stand to lose a little weight. <laughs> yeah, you could. You could kidnap me two or three times. <laughs> I still wouldn't be enough. <laughs> Speaking of which, there we go. I'm gonna have a piece of chocolate. There you go. Have some chocolate. Okay. All right. It's a York peppermint patty. Hey, that's so right. York. We do expect uh, to get paid for that product placement. Well, I buy into York peppermint patty. <laughs> Hard to talk with no peppermint patty in my mouth. That is true. <laughs> so anyway, the best way we could probably sum up ruthless people is it's really not all that ruthless, at least in our opinion. But there are people in it. But the, but there are people in it. So if you would like to see a movie that has people in it, uh, then feel free to go out and watch Ruthless People. Otherwise, I don't know. We didn't particularly care for it. Other people have definitely cared for it. It seems critics cared for it. They enjoyed it. So. If you're thinking of giving this movie a try, you may want to go check out some of the reviews on Rotten Tomatoes um, just to balance it out with our, I don't know if I would say dislike of the movie, but it just I didn't it, hate it. it fell flat. I mean, it's no Red Sonja. That's true. Hey. Just saying. I still think Red Sonja deserves a remake. If done right, no can defense. I think it'd be a great movie. I, yeah. want, it, I want it to happen. If she dies, she dies. That's true, too. Ooh. You could get Ivan Drago... In a red sunny, mm. red Ivan. Yeah, a little bit too on the nose, isn't it? Well, nah, that's Karate Kid Part Two. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> moving on. Triumvirate. Triumvirate. <laughs> Triumvirate. Word of the All day. Right. Okay, we should do maybe a bit of Pee Wee Herman thing. We say the word of the day, and everybody has to scream. So now we'll know who listens to our podcast because we'll just random people will be saying, ah. <laughs> nobody else here or they're just crazy it's awkward now and see it is kind of awkward all right well that's probably going to do it for ruthless people unless you got anything else i don't okay i don't Danny know DeVito's it, funny yeah i like him yeah. i like you no know, i like all of them yeah i just don't think it the movie itself worked yeah i, I thought it was just sort of misguided mm-hmm and, you know, again, like I said, my big struggle is I don't know who it was targeting, so I couldn't even justify the movie in any certain way. Right. Trying to target a certain demographic. The bedroom killer was convenient. Like, for him to show up. Like, yeah. For that to, like, show up yeah, at the end. Just, I'm like, oh, like, of mm, course okay. he's going to be there, because why not? <laughs> yeah. Um, Wasn't zany enough. Maybe it needed to be a little more silly or zany. Knowing that these are the guys that made Airplane. Yeah. So, no... I don't think the movie in and itself needs to be more zany. I think that knowing that you have the triumvirate. There you of, go. Uh, of See, it's in your vocabulary now. <laughs> it's it, You're welcome. It's in my head. Um, but you got these guys that made Airplane that understand comedy, understand situational comedy very well, mm -hmm. sketch comedy very well. 
why would you step away from that? Right. If that you know, if your if your bread and butter is is that type of comedy where you know you can be successful, why as as a triumvirate make a decision, a triumvirate decision? There you go. To still work together, but not go on that playground. Yeah. I agree. Just, I just don't think it worked. I agree. All right. Well, how can you reach us? You can reach us by going to 30podcast.com. Well, okay, that's reaching across the table. Oh. An actual, like, physical reaching. Sorry. You could do that, too, if you wanted to. Okay. Now, I meant the listeners. Oh, sorry. Okay. This is... You want to do it one more time so it'd be a triumvirate of reaching? Oh, maybe I shouldn't just oh. to punish you for using that word. Oh, man, the irony. It's not happening. All right. Well, you can reach us. Oh, it happened. Okay. 30podcast.com. All How of many these. Words threes? How many That's Well, we're the 30 podcast, so I kind of feel like multiples of three would be fine. And sure. <laughs> All right. Let's finish this off. I don't know where this is going I, anymore. I, I don't know either. Um, 30podcast at gmail.com 30podcast.com if you want to go to our website we've got a whole bunch of other things there I'm going to go right now you're going to go right now right now go right now 30 tell us what you see when you come back from the upside down tell us what it was like dot com damn it Gorgon what's he doing there well it's it's a scary website hey look at this <laughs> you're going to get eaten alive about mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff there there's a there's there's reading. I don't There's want to the, read anything. Well, you don't have to read it. Okay. You can skim. You can just tell or me. Or just look at the pictures. Oh, pictures. Yeah. There's a form where you can suggest what movies you'd like to see. Suggest a movie. There you go. Don't put anything obscene in there. We're not going to cover porn. Debbie. Nah, no. <laughs> we're not watching those. Where did uh, Caligula come out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think we're watching that one either. <laughs> That'll be a very special episode that if you if you support the podcast financially, then you can download that one. But uh, otherwise, no. <laughs> All right. So, again, our email, 30podcast.gmail.com. Uh, webs- 79. Okay. Uh, well, maybe we'll do like a, a retro episode and we'll go back even more years. Uh, 30podcast.com for the website. At 30podcast on Twitter. We are 30podcast on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 30podcast. You can find us right on. face. Yeah. Hit us on the face. Look, the Facebook. Facebook. Oh. Now that, ooh, Ow. That looked like that hurt. Son of a. Okay. Well, Man. I'll slap you in the other one just so it evens it out. All okay. right. Okay. What do you do? No, not, not that one. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Whew. All right. <clears throat> Stitcher, Satchel, Google Play Podcast. We're going to need to end this fast because it's getting out of hand. Um, iTunes, 30podcast.com. We need to keep it in hand. Yes. So what are we, what's next, Jeff? What's next? What's next? I don't know. It's Hannah and her sisters. Who are they? I have no idea. Okay. But I'm already telling you, I'm going to, I'm going to go into this movie with an open mind, but I do not like Woody Allen. I do not like Woody Allen movies. The only Woody Allen movie I like is Sleeper. Oh, what about Midnight in Paris? I don't think I've seen it. Oh, you should. Okay. As someone that's into writing, you would Mm -hmm. love it. Okay. It's one of those movies. I could put that on and then be like, okay, okay, I need to go sit and write something now. Okay. Maybe I'll give it a try. You should. I, is he in it? Maybe Maybe I'm better off with movies where he's... But he's I don't always think he's in, in it. He's always in his own movies. I don't remember him in that one. Okay. I don't think... I, I just don't like him. His whole nervous... His whole... That whole thing. Like, I just... It... Mm. That is kind of like a quiet version of Bobcat Goldthwait for me. Mm-hmm. Jerry Lewis again? Yeah, it was Jerry Lewis. Everybody's Jerry Lewis. It's, it's everybody that sounds like that. And I don't probably don't like Jerry Lewis either. Dean, what you doing, Dean, baby? There you go. Are you going to be doing that when you're in your play? I don't know. I would love the opportunity to bring in some of the shtick that Frank and Dean and Sammy mm-hmm. used to do together. Yeah. In between the songs. Do it. I'll, I'll, I'm going to try. You know what? I'm going to try. I'm gonna, Ad-lib the crap out of that. I'm going to introduce the idea to the director and see go. if we can... Maybe doing like a intermission sort like of thing. It. I like it. Let's make it happen. All right. When I said what's next, I was I was quoting a Hamilton song. Uh, I thought you were quoting the West Wing with the... Oh, there's that, there's that too. What's next? Yeah. There's that too. Okay. Mrs. Lanningham! It's a... <laughs> 
I, can we have him as the president? Okay, this is not going to get political, so no, let's not do that. Yeah. But oh, all right. That, oh, that would be great. President Bartlett. I, I would. I would. I, like I him. would vote the crap out of I Jed would, Bartlett. I would vote twice for Jed Bartlett. I would, and we're in Chicago. We can do that. It's it's, it's expected. Done. Let Jed be Jed. Or let Bartlett. Let be Bartlett, Bartlett be Bartlett. Yeah. Let Bartlett be Bartlett. You can't say that for other people. No. Let no. I'm not going to go there. Because <laughs> he is. <laughs> you don't need the sign. <laughs> Here it is. All right. Well, this podcast has been nonstop and at different times. You may have wanted to stop it, but um, Jeff, thank you for being here. Well, Jeff has basically been my right hand man. Oh, man. <laughs> You're just really going at it. Mm-hmm. But we miss you, Dennis. We miss you, Pat. We miss you, Bo. Hey, Bo, I know him. Can I? Uh, can I just say that I enjoy being in the Dear room? Dear Theodosia, what? I enjoy being in the room where it happens. I do too. Let's have a cabinet battle. I have a big blue cabinet right over there. I can go. We can them. take the doors off. Wheels. We can, and we we can run down with all the cabinet. That would crash into each other. And we can sing while we do it. Oh, done. Mm-hmm. The Ladies issue on the table. We may be back next week, or we may be dead. We may next be in week. traction. <laughs> have a, tri- a triumphant <laughs> of injuries. Here we go. Tune right. in next week to see if we are indeed here. I want to find somebody named Skyler and defeat him. With our cabinet. Beat him we, down. We have a cabinet it. battle. Let's do it. All right. Anyway, this has been all about ruthless people and I'm other, other things. I'm not looking forward to this. Okay. That might be. Maybe, you, hopefully, you, I'll never hear from him. Well, it may just be me complaining about Woody Allen. Um, so we will have that Hannah and the lady there, and the light. Woody Allen as. There we go. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be lots of fun. So, all right. Well, Jeff, thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure as always. Don't lie to me. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, join us back here next time. We'll be talking Hannah and her sisters, and hopefully I won't hate it too much. All right. In the meantime, be excellent to each other and go watch some movies. Twice. Or three times. I don't know. A triumvirate. If you a a triumvirate, do it. Mm-hmm. Triumvirate on movies. Do it. All right. See you all later. Bye. This could very well be the stupidest person on the face of the earth. Perhaps we should shoot him.